it's Star Wars. Three dudes talking Star Wars. It's just their thing. Star Wars. Just talking Star Wars. From episode one wars. And everything else. And hey, how about Jar Jar Binks? Forget about old boss Nass. We'll cover some cool creatures too. Like Jawas and Twi'leks and those nasty uts. Star Wars. We're talking about Star Wars. Join us for some fun wars. Let us begin. Welcome to the third episode of Pod Racers, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, Damon, Matt, and Alan joining you on a pretty nice Monday here in in Manitoba. Um, it's I don't pretty know. nice here too in Halifax. You're surrounded by okay, and, uh, the nation's capital. Is it nice and sunny out there? Yeah, sunny yeah. in Matt's place because his his background in his video is just spattered with sunshine. Yeah, the sun's setting out here. You're surrounded by water, though, eh? Like, what's your what's your view like out your window? Uh, oh, he's you. gonna show us. I can show you. Everybody on the podcast or everybody listening to this podcast will be like, "What the?" Yeah, this might be amazing. I don't know if you can. That's see. That's a pretty nice view. Not bad, eh? No, it's not bad at all. Mm. And I'm surrounded by sky and farmland. Ugh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's the third episode, and of course, today we are going to be talking about Return of the Jedi, kinda. Because moving forward, we don't see a whole lot of Jedi. But uh, So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to start everything off by getting into some news. Uh, Matt, I'll let you go first, because you had said that you've, uh, you've, you've got some stuff to talk about this morning, or I guess this evening. Um... Oh, no, I meant I had a lot to talk about Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. Not, not, news, not news-wise. No, that's okay. Yeah. And just a few things, and, and that's actually good, because Return of the Jedi has got a ton of stuff in it. And um, I'm guessing we all watched on Disney+, Plus, right? Yes. Okay, good. Heels, you watched on Disney+. Plus? I did. I, I have something to talk about right at the beginning there. But first, the news. Um, obviously, with everything that's going on in this world, it was really cool to see John Boyega out and, and protesting and what was even cooler was the immediate statement from disney and also from um actors that came out in support of john because he had he had said like i don't know if i'm gonna even have a career after this but i can't i can't be quiet and i can't sit still on this so i'm i don't know about you guys i'm applauding john boyega wow that was pretty amazing and i'm applauding applauding disney as well for what they did by uh supporting him immediately mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. It was right away. I, I think it was it was good of Disney to you know stand behind him, and then you had Ryan Johnson come out as well and, and give his support. I just kind of think it's funny in the Disney world that or the Disney Star Wars franchise. There's, there's a few characters of color uh-huh. that actually have like meaningful roles. <laughs> and let's yeah. begin with Finn. <laughs> <Shall> yeah. <we? laughs> 
That's true. I, one of the things that bothers me, and Lando, I we, and yeah, exactly, Lando, Lando, and Finn. <laughs> and, yeah. and and in uh, Return of the Jedi, there are a flu, uh, a few people of color that fly X wings. Yes, that's true. For them to be a few, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Is, to be fair, Lando was a uh, you know they developed Lando the character a lot better in Solo and and whatnot. Oh. But Finn is one of yeah. those characters that had so much potential, and you know, they just they just ruined him. You know, there Lando? was a classic character. No, not Lando Finn. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> Get into the edibles yes. already, Matt? <laughs> no, no. Oh no, Finn. They yeah. did Finn dirty. I mean, Finn had a potential to be a, a revolutionary character in Star Wars. Former stormtrooper that has basically turned his like there. There have been no story of, or character that had that background of a former stormtrooper oh. decided to walk away from what they were doing for moral reasons. And one of the things that I read is in the finals, one of the final scenes of uh, Episode Eight. Uh, the initial script called for Finn to give a passionate speech about the atrocities of what the stormtroopers were doing, and it was to result in some of the stormtroopers either putting down their weapons or, you know, siding with Finn. And, you know, it didn't apparently make the final cut of the script, and then they ended up going with that half-assed end- comedic ending where the climactic battle between him and, and Phasma turned out to be a dud. So, or, you know, or, uh, we're not going to have this amazing story background for Finn. Let's send him off to a casino. <laughs> just yeah. Exactly. We didn't explore in episode story. eight the yeah. fact that he was a a former stormtrooper. Or like <laughs> how they, yeah, or how they originally planned for him to be force sensitive, which would have explained a lot as to how he broke his conditioning as yeah. a stormtrooper, right? Like that would have been really exactly. Cool. Oh, and then in exactly. episode and nine, even, even from the perspective the of what the rebellion was doing. Wouldn't it made sense for them, you know, in, you know, like use Flynn as a figurehead? Uh, you know, like you know, in classic war, uh, you know, strategy. There's this. There's a concept called the hearts and minds strategy, where you appeal to to people's sensibilities through you know some sort of act of valiancy or sensitivity. Nothing about him being a former stormtrooper and being able to say, "Look, this guy turned because he couldn't. He couldn't stand what you, what you guys were doing to people around the galaxy." Maybe look deep within yourselves and see if you could do. You can walk away yourself. Are you happy with where you are as a stormtrooper? You know, he could have been uh, a whole other side story where he could be looking to turn other troopers. You know, because yeah. they're all children that have been kidnapped from various parts of the world. Like they're not clones anymore, right? They they yeah. they, they brought yeah. that up that you know what they do is they kidnap children from all ends of the galaxy. If there was ever a point where you could say the rebellion could have happened from within, there's your story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it's funny nope. that you say that too, because like in episode nine, when he meets up with those other characters on um, Yavin or the Moon, I mean, Yavin, yeah. where the De- Death Star stuff is, right? Like they're all former stormtroopers who've broken their conditioning. Mm-hmm. So you have relatable things there for Finn to, and that's it. That's it. They just ride a horse, but. We're not going to talk about. Let's not get into yeah. episode eight and nine, and, and yeah. that we'll get into that when we get to those. Movies. Um, but good point, heels on that, especially with when you consider everything that is going on around the world. That, yeah, uh, it's it is kind of funny and ironic that Disney 
I mean, what what are they what are they supposed? They could have just said nothing. So for them to come out and support them in quickly, it's a good look for Disney. And I think the Star Wars community as a whole is very. I don't want to say it's not inclusive because I think it is. Like anybody can absolutely be a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's it's cool that Disney is fostering that and and making that a forefront of what their movies are all about, right? Because we we have so many different races of aliens and things like that that are in the movies that they have done a better job with um bringing up characters. Whether that's yeah, whether that's George Lucas has always been sensitive to the fact that the galaxy <laughs> needs to be a diverse galaxy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that when he made the new trilogy is he wanted to make sure that there were Jedi of different ethnicities so yeah. that other children could relate to, you know, Mace Windu and um uh, some Star Wars uh, Jedi's in that in the first trilogy there. Luke, track of names. Like alien wise okay. or humans? Humans. There was, you know, there was there was characters that the kids could look up yeah. to and say, "Yeah, okay, I want to be the, I am, I could be a Jedi." It's not just, you know, Lily White mm-hmm. Luke. Yeah, yeah, yep. and yep. Obi Wan. Obi Wan's pretty Lily White too. <laughs> That's true. Just to get yeah. more Lily White than an old British dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it'll be interesting too because we're gonna get another major character who will be a person of color, right? When Ahsoka comes onto the TV screen, yeah. and we get Matt's yeah, favorite. She'll represent all the orange and purple. <laughs> okay there. What is she, Togruta? Is that the name? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think she's mm-hmm. Togruta. Yeah. Anyway. Um, another piece of cool information that I found, apparently tomorrow they're going to be an, uh, announcing a new Star Wars game. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Okay, so you've heard of that flight simulator game, right? Uh, it's like, like a the Microsoft simulator. flight simulator. I I think so. Okay. So apparently, Disney went onto the flight simulator uh, message board or whatever, and was asking people to come and work on this video game because this game is going to be a flight simulator set in the Star Wars universe, which. I, I had no interest in Flight Simulator at all. It does a Star Wars game? Yeah, sure, I'll fly an X-Wing around somewhere. That'd be cool. It, it's funny but, that you bring that up, because my favorite levels in all the classic Star Wars games are always the flights, uh, flight levels. When you were behind yeah. the X-Wing. Like, yeah. Do you remember the arcade game Star yeah. Wars Trilogies, I think it was called? Yes. Remember how awesome that game was, where you're actually sitting in a cockpit, and you're firing away, like, you know, you're on the de- you're firing on the Death Star, you're trying to, you know... Fire the photon missile down the down the shaft. Yeah, that, I, that, those are the those are my favorite levels. Like that's how I've always kind of whined on video game boards. But how come they haven't done a solid flight game for Star Wars? There's so much potential in with all the vehicles that they have. I think, yeah, I think the biggest like, thing is the the um, technology for it. Right, like it's very like to have a third person flight game which we have in so many different games, right? Like Battlefront, it, like Battlefront 2, you're in basically third-person view, right? You mm-hmm. can see your vehicle in front of you, you're flying. I mean, you can go into first-person, but it's so clunky and hard and, like, really disorientating that it's it's tough. I, I will say this. When I was in Vegas uh, a couple of years ago, we were staying at the Excalibur, and they have, like, a big arcade in the basement. They had like a a big Star Wars arcade game. It was the greatest thing 
that I've ever played because <laughs> you sit in there and you like it was huge. You sat down into this cockpit and then you were in that ship and you were flying into the trenches in like on the Death Star and everything. And I was like, this is this is the coolest thing. And it like the sounds were beating at you from everywhere, just like the the rattling and the shaking of the uh, the machine. It was that was a cool experience. So if we get like ten percent of that from this flight simulator game if it is what it is that's going to be kind of cool and i'm looking forward to that again i've never played the flight simulator game so i have no idea how it is it could be the clunkiest thing ever but in the star wars universe i'll take it yeah but i mean if you're going to be good you got to have like jedi reflexes right like you're not <laughs> you're not going to be able to steer this thing properly we crash that's all the time <laughs> uh, who knows maybe maybe the different uh, vehicles that you can get into Maybe you can fly Boba Fett's uh, Slave, oh, Slave One. One. Yeah. Oh, like, how cool would that be? Just, to, yeah. just the, you could do so much with the video of getting into the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's Slave One or the Millennium Falcon or an X Wing or an A Wing or like an mm -hmm. advanced tie, anything like that. It'd be really cool to see. So, we'll find out more. We'll talk about this probably more next week when we mm -hmm. start seeing some details on it. But that would be kind of cool. That will be kind of cool. Um, another piece of rumor, and this is my last piece for this for news, uh, that we've we've kind of talked about this before. This was more of a like a wish list from us. John Favreau taking over Kathleen Kennedy's spot in Star Wars or in Disney, I guess wherever they kind of situate everything with Star Wars. Apparently, that might actually be the thing that's happening. So I don't yeah. know if you guys, I don't know if you guys <clears throat> follow Mike Zero on uh, youtube or anything like that. i've watched a couple of his uh he, his things. he kind of eh. <laughs> but he, uh got some wild theories yeah if he's talking about this you got to think that there's some sort of smoke behind it yeah so i don't know hopefully we see that because we've seen the direction kathleen kennedy has taken star wars very divisive as far as star wars fans go some people absolutely love it some people absolutely hate it. Not many in between. No. <laughs> it's you're either on one side of the boat or the other. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, but you know, I think Disney is starting to listen to their fans a lot more now. You know, well, and uh, and like with with. Uh, I'm not necessarily in, good. Well, but D and D, <laughs> like the 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 fallout from the end of Game of Thrones with D and D, right? <clears throat> David and. David, whatever they were, the writers, that one. Yes. Benoit and Weiss, Weiss yeah. was that it? Yeah. Um, they kiboshed it quick. They did. They got the job for. They got the job to to write a, a trilogy for Star Wars, and after yeah. that final season of Game of Thrones, I was like, oh my god, they're gonna destroy my franchise. <laughs> you know. And and I'm like, please, for the love of God, fire them. I don't care if you've already paid them. Please fire them. Like you know. And then eventually, yeah, they did. Um, and I don't think they really gave a good reason for it, just that they I, wanted to go in a different direction or something like that. Well, they they said that uh, it was going to take time away from other projects that they wanted to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very but, diplomatic. But for uh, me, like, yeah, I agree. When I like, and I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I didn't hate the ending of season eight, but I wasn't in love with it either. No, I think it's a good scene, story. They just picked the wrong parts of the story to show on screen. Basically. Yes. And yeah. to me, you go from seasons one to five, 
And we're going to turn this podcast into a Game of Thrones podcast. And that's, but you know, <laughs> one to five, and then six, seven, and eight is just the sloppiest stuff because they have no actual story to go on. Which is like, well, yeah. it's, fun, it's funny though because there's a nice parallel between what they did with you know Game of Thrones season eight and this new Star Wars trilogy. Oh yeah, you know, like they knew what the end was supposed to be, had no <laughs> idea how to get there. Exactly. Right, and yeah, but and here, that was like, with Star Wars, they didn't even know what the end was going to be. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't tell me at the beginning of Force Awakens that the ending was, oh, she's going to be a Skywalker and she has a yellow lightsaber. And she buries Luke and Leia's lightsaber on Tatooine. Like, no! no. Yeah, Anakin's freaking screaming. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just read this today. I'm gonna, I can't wait to watch the, uh, the sequel trilogy. Apparently, throughout the whole entire sequel trilogy, you don't hear the name Anakin Skywalker once. Nope. You hear Grandfather, but he's, he's talking Vader. about Vader. Yep. Like, how is that possible? And and for like J.J. Abrams too, for him to be all, we're going to tie this all up into a nice little bow. The only thing you say of Anakin Skywalker is all at all, it's just his voice. Yeah. You don't mention Anakin Skywalker once. Or Vader. They mentioned Vader. That's it. That's Vader many times. I mean, he had his mask. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that, right. that bothered me. Was that, there was this reverence that Ben had, or sorry, um, Kylo. Kylo had for Darth Vader. At, at the end of episode six, Lucas, or Anakin is a force ghost. Do you yep. think at any point he would try to reveal himself to his grandson and be like, dude, bad idea. <laughs> like, you're Bird, going down dude. a path that I know. You're revering me for the, all the wrong reasons. Yeah, he kept talking about like, oh, I will avenge you, Darth, and I will finish what you started. But that's not what Darth but, wanted. But you know what? I don't know. Sometimes I think they could always retcon that, and like, what what Anakin what Anakin wanted, and what Vader really wanted, was to bring peace and order to the galaxy. Right? It doesn't matter so how it was done, though. Yeah. Right. So, like, technically, Kylo is kind of following in Vader's footsteps by assuming lead control of the First Order yep. and doing that. Right. Yeah, so and you can see could, too that he's sympathetic yeah. towards that in eight, right? Like when he's when he's telling Ray, like, "Take my hand, yeah, help, help me control the galaxy." He yeah. he has, and and this is this is obviously just an opinion. He to me he has um, a positive thing that he's trying to do. He's just going about it in a most negative way. Yeah, but he also understands the power of the dark side. Yep. And how influential it is, too, right? Yep. Maybe, maybe, you know, who knows? Again, um, no mention of Anakin. It's yeah. no. the tale of the Skywalkers. We're going to talk no about Anakin, Anakin hard at the end of this episode. Because <laughs> we yeah. all know what we saw at the end of uh, episode six. So let's get right into it. Um, the movie starts off. Um, I, I got to tell you guys, I'm absolutely loving that uh, we decided to go this route by watching all the movies and then talking about it because <laughs> I'm like a little kid watching it again. And I actually will talk about that towards the end as well because, well, I'll get there. I'll get there. So let's get into the movie. Um, give me give me some of the, the fun things that you kind of picked out right off the hop with this movie. Right off the hop? You hate him, man. Eh? Yeah, I love the Ewoks. 
Okay, good. Then, again, this this movie has a special place in my heart because this is the first movie I actually saw in theater. Yeah, I remember oh, I was four and a half years old, yeah. and I remember getting to see this in theaters with my with my parents. With my this dad came out in eighty three. Eighty three, yes. Yeah, so I was not even born yet. I That's was why they call the, the good old days. Is there a correlation between the Star Wars films becoming terrible and after born? he was born? I don't know. I don't know. But the, there, there, there's a there's a weird connection there. Great films Maybe. between before 1983 and then. Just saying. Just everything that came after 84 in the Star Wars universe versus everything before it. <laughs> so much okay, more. First things first. Does anyone else remember the opening? That. That way, uh, like yeah, I watched. The, I've never seen that opening before. Really? Where the where the Tie Fighters coming in, or not the Tie Fighter, but like uh, Vader ship is leaving the um, um the Star City. Destroyer. The the like his star. His Star Destroyer. Destroyer. Yeah, he's leaving yeah. his Star Destroyer, and he's got the two. And then you see an inside view of the cockpit, and they're they're talking about lowering the shields. And then it flips to like I don't remember that at all, at all. I don't know. Now you've got me stumped. Yeah. You, but you do know you what? Remember that yield? But you know what? Actually, now that you do mention it, when the movie first started, I was like, did this start this way before? Like with him, with the. But I was him, like, it must have. Maybe I'm just. I thought I was just confused, and I didn't really think much of it. But I'm like, for some initially, reason, I was kind of like that. But then when they started talking, I'm like, I don't remember these guys talking. Like Star Wars is a very kind of strict movie, especially in the original trilogy, where lines are are mostly for stars. <laughs> so, like, I, when they started talking, I was like, well, what's going on here? Like, who who are these guys? And maybe, I, uh, what I what I remember from it is. You see Vader's ship and the two the two Tie Fighters leaving his Star Destroyer, and then the very next scene is them coming into the Death Star, mm-hmm. and then the um, I can't remember who the uh, soldier is that meets him, the commander, but uh, he like that, and then from there I remember, but like that opening, I was like ah, and I don't, I, I was like it's kind of cool, I don't know if it was needed, but mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. There's I there was a few few scenes like that that have been added in the Disney Plus version that were kind of like, yeah, why put that in there? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm racking my brain. I'm trying to think that it was in the original versions. Right. I, have, I have to I dig have. through and find my old VHS copies of the movies. Yeah. Well, no, really, That's what yeah. I have to do. Too. I can't do anything with that. I don't have a VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I still have the movies, but I don't have a VHS. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah I have, uh, like... The old trilogy on VHS, and then I have like the new '97 old trilogy on VHS as well. Yeah, like and the I remastered think, ones. I think the the opening was the same for both of those. There was mm-hmm. just a few things. I think in the the remastered, am I, if I'm not mistaken, did they redo the the spot where Han walks on Jabba in A New Hope? Was that in that, or was that in the DVD yeah. release? Yeah, yeah, okay. that was that was in the remastered '97 releases. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Bib Fortuna. I was racking my brain on this. I was like, is he actually a Twi'lek? He is. He's Which one guy? of the Twi'lek. Bib. Oh, the, is that um, Jabba's? Jabba's bitch. Okay, yeah, yeah. That he's, he's a Twi'lek, and I'm like, 
he's one ugly Twi'lek. <laughs> and they have examples. Yeah, they it's, it's not great. much for the men, it's the women that are the look. Oh, apparently. Because you've got the one kind of like stripper one that's attached to Jabba that takes it from the uh, from the rank. You know what? And then there's a singing um, Twi'lek in there too. Yeah. So that 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 one that's chained to Jabba. Yeah. Um, you can see her bare titty. Oh, really? <laughs> you can. I Aaron, swear to God. Okay. All right. So, um, back. I remember being a teenager version. and watching him on like that VHS cassette yeah, tape yeah. that I had, right? And like, you you can kind of see it. It was fuzzy, right? But if you pause the like, I was how old was I? I was a teenager. I was like, <laughs> this is those which like, oh my god, is movie this... do you see boob? This is before internet and stuff was common, right? So I'm like, oh my god, is that a boob? And so, like, I tried to find it, and, like, you can't, it's sort of, it's pretty blurry. But if you pause the movie, you can see it. And it's at 1344 on uh, on the Disney Plus version. I'm, I'm actually flabbergasted that. They kept it in. I, but it's not just that. I, I've never heard any talk about this at all yeah. whatsoever in all of the Disney Star Wars boards or yeah you would think that they would mention that eh? you you think you would hear about it you think it would have been taken out somebody would somebody has to watch this movie frame by frame star wars is so freaking popular right it's like how how is this not seen and and i'm guessing maybe it's because like like if it's all painted green right yeah maybe you can't really tell but um yeah you go to 1344 return of the jedi it's the exact time I love that he's got the. Uh, the well, time. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have found the exact time if we didn't have a podcast to talk about. But I thought that would be something people would want to be like, what? And then you got to go and watch a scene. And figure yeah, we're gonna have to go. Yeah, on yeah to we can just fast forward there. to it now and find it. Um, so I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, that Twilight, she's a person of color. Heels. So there you go. There's some representation. Yeah. Yeah. Like rancor food to, to really make the people yeah. happy. But she's green, right? So yeah. So yeah Disney's What's fascinating about this Star Wars movie too is it's the first appearance of Warwick Davis. Yes. The film Willow, as yeah. obviously our favorite Ewok, Wicked, and it called from I think from that point on he was in every Star Wars film, was he not? Yes. Do you know really? the story behind him being Wicked? Yeah, I just watched it the other day. From yeah. the, he was a child, right? Like he was no, no, no. He wasn't originally cast as Wicked. No, it was supposed to be R two D two. Yeah, Candy and he Baker was, was he got food poisoning or something on that yeah, day, and they had everything all set up. And they're like, "All right, well, we just need someone small to play an Ewok." So and they from put what, him in. Yeah, and and, and then he's then he got the job. There was supposed to be R two D 2s the guy. Yeah. So he's like completely, but not by mistake, because I don't even know if he was, I don't even know if he was supposed to be like an extra. Or he was probably one of the other Ewoks, I'm guessing. Maybe, but yeah. but oh, like guys, guys, I just realized too, we need to add two more films to our watch parties. We need to add the two mm-hmm. Ewok movies. <laughs> oh what? man, I would see those forever. The two Ewok film? Yeah. I have never ba- seen one with Battle of Endor, I, and I can't remember the other one. I vaguely remember something about a ship crashing and there's kids involved. Yeah, and Wicked had to help the kids yes. find their parents or something yes. like that, right? Yes, and they were. I think that was Battle of Endor. I don't even. I don't think I've ever even. I didn't even know these things were things. Oh yeah, they, they were big time. I remember watching it as a kid, and I remember 
did not capture my attention like the movies did. <laughs> no. Well, it's because as a kid, I remember watching, I, rent, I remember renting it on VHS from like, uh, let's say Jumbo Video back in the day. And oh, yeah. uh, I remember watching this. I'm like, where are the other Star Wars characters? Like I was a little kid and I still knew, like, okay, yeah. there's Wicket. Love that guy. Notch character. Where's 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 Chewie? Where's Han? Where's Luke? I, I, and I get waiting I for the whole movie to like another Ewok, like uh, Ray or anybody. I can't think if there was another Ewok on that show. That's how that's how like long ago I've seen it. It wasn't one of those things where oh I gotta watch all of the Star Wars content ever. But uh, yeah, we sure do watch pretty on that. And there was one that started with a T, Wiggly or something right. like that. Oh, oh! What was his name? That's gonna bug me now. Feels you need to, you need uh. to get on that one. <laughs> so, I was I was looking up the time frame between Return of the Jedi and uh, Empire Strikes Back, and it's about it's like months to a year tops. One year, yeah. So Han's been in. Carbonite for about a year. Um, that scene where Bosch, I guess, or Leia, yeah, um, bounty hunter gear. She she comes in and she does her thing. Like I I like that he's in. He's supposed to be in cuffs, and as they're coming down the stairs, you can see him clearly throwing some guy off to the side. You just see his arms out there. And they're not together. It was pretty funny. But mm-hmm. uh, the Bosch thing, I kind of liked. And I I know that there is backstory to Bosch. And you can look it up. And there is. Like, apparently, this bounty hunter had attacked. There's, like, a whole backstory to this where this bounty hunter attacked Leia. And Maz Kanata. Like, the, Leia's already already knows who Maz is. Okay. Point, which I thought was crazy. And another little, another little tidbit. Maz is older than Yoda. Really? Yes. Hmm. That that is straight from the uh, the Star Wars wiki site. Okay. Maz is like seventy or eighty years older than Yoda. And still, I, and still kicking. And still kicking. And like yeah. and kicking ass because in episode yeah. nine she's like fighting people and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I was like, wow. I don't understand why they went that route, but that's for another time. Yeah. But uh, with Bosch. I liked when when she releases Han and he comes out of the carbonite. His acting there is pretty good. Like him just twitching like crazy because he's so cold. Mm-hmm. I was I was pretty impressed with that actually. Like those are the little things that as a kid or even as like an like a twenty something dude, you're watching the movie, you, you don't really look at that stuff. I I know like because of our podcast and we're watching these movies, I'm focusing in on so many different things that I've never really noticed before in the films. Which mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. So their interaction there was cool, and and throughout this whole movie, seeing Han and Leia's chemistry, and like we've mentioned this before, because there's legit chemistry there. Mm-hmm. It's neat to see that stuff, and especially when Han gets kind of a little bit later on the film when he gets a little jealous because, oh, maybe Luke and Leia, maybe that's a thing. And he doesn't like it so much. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, so I that's, thought... that's one of the things I loved about this film, like you said. It's it's very much a character-driven finale. Yeah. You know, there's action, obviously. You know, there's the battle on Endor. There's the you know, 
destruction of the Death Star. There's Luke and, and Vader, their final duel before Luke, Vader's turn. And you compare the way the plot moved in that film, where it felt like it was a nice, good pace, and you're, you're anticipating an ending, and it feels like, piece, like holes are getting closed. And then you compare that to episode nine. <laughs> the break oh. pace that film yeah. moved at to try to close off the trilogy. And you could just tell how disjointed the new trilogy was versus the original trilogy. Like, mm -hmm. we go back to it, right? They knew what the ending was going to be. They knew that it was an emotionally driven ending. It wasn't just about blowing up the Death Star and, you know, and, and being done with it. It was about the relationships between Luke and Leia and Luke and Darth and Han and Leia and Han and... Lando and everything. Lando, right? Like, it yeah. was relationship-driven. And that was completely missing from from well, both trilogies. And after, they tried after to this. they tried to fill it in by saying, like in episode nine, right when they ask, "How did you guys do this?" and Lando tells him, "He's like, well, we were there for each other." Mm -hmm. Like it's your biggest hint, and you fail to even land on that. Which yeah, is exactly kind of like, I, the Star I Wars films themselves, like the new trilogy, couldn't build to that moment. No. To make that line impact, like we have to be there for each other. Well, no, like I that to me that line is impactful because it was it was I, I don't know I I look at it as this. So you've got J.J. Abrams who is trying to fix what was done with the franchise, right? Like you have Episode Seven. If it was just a standalone movie, I could have been like, yeah, I like it. It's fun. Yeah, it's I get it. It's kind of a copycat of A New Hope. But mm -hmm. it was still enjoyable. It felt like Star Wars. Episode 8 didn't feel like Star Wars. Could be a good movie. It was just on its own. But it's in the midst of a trilogy, and it does way more harm than good. Episode 9, just trying to fill plot holes that were built in Episode 8, but creating their own kind of stuff. And then, and then running through basically three films in one movie. And with J.J. Abrams, too, they brought back George Lucas for episode nine to give them aid in that. And I think a lot of the stuff that happened in there was based on that, right? Like I think a lot of Lando's lines were, I think those were coming from George. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but his character was, to me, it felt different than the rest of the characters in episode nine. Do you guys agree with that at all? Lando's character? Yeah. Like yeah, I didn't he was feel like it more was like, JJ thing. Yeah. He was, uh, he was not in a rush. He was the only he character was, that was in a was rush for anything. Holy shit, that guy. Yeah, like, exactly. Billy yeah. D. Williams. That was Billy D. Williams, man. Like he's just like, ah, just just calm down, kid. Everything'll be all right. How do you guys do this? What do we do? I'm so scared. Ah, we were there for each other. Yeah. Just chill. Like Billy D. Williams have a Colt 45. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that, so, yeah. That's Lando from episode six, too. Well, and that's the big thing too, right? Like even even when you get to the battle of like with the Death Star and stuff like that, like he's all of a sudden he's a general. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's right? Hilarious, but but whatever. Well, he's had a year. He's had a year with the rebellion. Not really, because does he not leave as soon as like they're back to go get Han? And Has he's he had been to... hiding there for a year at that well, point. You know, it was for a certain amount of time, but I didn't think it was that long. You gotta think he's been there for a while if he's infiltrated he Jabba, right? Yeah, I know he's been there for a while, like a so month you, or something. You, you. But oh, they, I, I think I they, think Danny's they, right. I think a whole year has elapsed. 
like they leave almost immediately, right? Like Luke gets his hand fixed at the end of Empire, mm-hmm. and Han or not Han, sorry, Lando in Han gear. <laughs> they they just jet out. They're they're we'll find Han. We'll find Han. Which I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know where he is. He's with Jabba, but whatever. Yeah. So like, yeah. he's not really been with the rebellion for a year, and. He's just coming off being a turncoat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that it's it's just funny to me that he's a general. Mm-hmm. What was cool too in this movie is the fact that like, and I'm getting away from a lot of the stuff that I'm writing here because this movie is so good and fun, um, and it's not even the best movie, which is really funny. How about Luke and flirting with the dark side right off the hop? Yep. Like he force chokes the Gamorreans. Yep. May have killed one. <laughs> we don't know because they skipped the scene right away. Doesn't and he then, tell Jabba not to underestimate his power too? Yep, that. Yeah. And gives Jabba an ultimatum. Yeah. Like an absolute. Right? And we all know what uh what Star Wars thinks of absolutes. Yep. Right? <laughs> Anakin. <laughs> Again, remember, he is to bring balance to the Force, right? Yeah. The, and do or do not try. This is evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All, all absolutes, yeah. Like, I, it's just funny. And then, of course, Leia chokes out Jabba, which is a funny yep. scene. Yeah. Especially from the beginning. I always remember watching that as a kid. I just remember Jabba's tongue and being, like, really ah, gross. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That part yeah, I just remember it grows in the out. That giant not the part, like, not the part where Jabba is trying to lick Leia's face, and Leia's just like, Ooh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, that was that. That was. Where he tells yeah, her that, she yeah, that was pretty funny too. Yeah, I just remember something. him eating those, like the frogs, just toss him in a gullet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked when he shoved over Bib too. When Bib's being Jedi tricked, he's like, oh, shoves him over. Yeah. There's so many cool, funny things. Or when he hits 3PO. Yeah, it knocks him down. He comes up with all the green stuff all over his face. Like, what the <laughs> yeah. heck is that? He's just so slimy and gross. Yeah. I like what they did with Jabba for that. That was cool. And, like, mm-hmm. on top of that, you see how sloth and, like, slovenly he's gotten. Because yeah. in Clone Wars, he's at least moving around. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, like, like big boss now, right? Because doesn't, in Clone Wars, sorry, Alan, but, like, he kind of has a lot of his family members taking oh, yeah, care I guess of, that's right? True. Yeah. Um, so he, really ends up, he ends up becoming like like the Dawn Dawn kind he of, is. right? So, well, yeah. even, even then, I think he's pretty much in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Like in the Clone Wars, for the most part. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and like, yes, okay, so in A New Hope, we see Jabba. But, like, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. To go from what is it four years from a new hope to um return of the Jedi. From him to go from that to he's not moving anywhere. How do they get him onto the barge? Like all that kind of stuff. It's funny. Yeah. Well he's got that um, moving moving Yeah. He's like um he's like uh, you know, if you ever read Dune? Yes. He's like Vladimir or Baron Harkin yeah. with yeah. the suspenser being floated, like the slothenly overweight, grotesque beast kinda, right? There's actually, it's actually funny too because uh, it, it, he's a symbol of excess at this point, yeah, right? Big like, time. And that's that's always what they're so disgusting and slovenly to be like, 
You are now just wallowing in your excess, you disgusting, filthy pig. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's it's funny too because right now give me another frog. Toss that frog into me gullet. I've started reading. I finished uh, from the water the the Sith book, and now I'm on to the um, Dawn of the Jedi book. Mm-hmm. And there's a character in there that is very similar to Jabba, but it she's human. And hmm. so there's that's kind of and she's actually was Jedi at one point. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting to see that. And like Matt, you would like those books. Yeah. Yeah. The Dawn of the Jedi one, it, it dives deep into the force lore. Because okay. they're not it's not they're not Jedi's yet, they're Jedi. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's it's a cool book. I recommend that one. Anyway, um, how about the way that the Emperor and Vader kind of talk openly as they're walking in in the Death Star? There, just yeah. talking about the like turning Luke to the dark side when we've seen nothing of that because they don't. What's the right way to say this? They don't outwardly say that they're Sith. No, they don't. It's never once mentioned, I think, in the original trilogy. No, not at all. And so no. it's interesting that they're talking that way and how they're tra- like their 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 thoughts on turning Luke to the dark side right mm-hmm. in front of everybody, which I yeah. thought was different. And at that point, the force is, yeah, the force has kind of been gone for twenty years at that point, right? Nobody uses it anymore. What's crazy to me, and I and I like this, and I want I'd love to see more on this, is the propaganda behind the Empire on eliminating the force from people's mm. thoughts. Like this is something that literally touches everybody in some form. Yeah. And they've eliminated it. Yeah. From the galaxy. To to basically stop the Jedi, right? Because mm. you get and we've we've seen this in Rebels, like any type of rebellion starts with hope. So if you're, and like take episode eight, for instance, when that kid at the end calls for the broom, like that's just a small piece of hope. And oh my goodness, how impactful is that moving forward? Like he could be a Jedi or this kid could be a Jedi. Like the force is amazing. And they never touched on that again. (laughs) Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) I don't mean to go back that way. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, like the way that the empire is completely just neutered the force from everybody's. Mm -hmm mind i would love to see how they get to that point because yeah. like how do you how do you do that how do you how and do like you luke doesn't them? even really know like he he's doesn't never know even really him. heard of them of Jedi, until, right right he just knows of the old wizard ben kenobi yeah yet he knows of the clone wars yeah exactly right? so what's the propaganda behind the clone wars from the empire mm-hmm. obviously the clone wars were fought but the Jedi won't, not really a thing. So well, I, I think I, it I, was that the Jedi um, became warmongers, basically, and they were yeah. attempting to overthrow and assume because they were going to assume control of yes. the Senate in the interim while a new leader was being chosen. Right. right. So there was a power grab. So that's how I think they spun it. And that's interesting because yeah. like that 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 story could be told, and, I, and maybe it has, and I just haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But, um also with that i want to see more and i if they do come out with a darth vader tv show one of the things that i would like to see is darth vader's hatred for the emperor 
Yeah. Like, I want... Because you see, like, even in this movie, like, the Emperor's such a dick. Whether it's to Luke, even to Vader. And we've mm-hmm. seen all the funny, like, cartoons, like, Robot Chicken and all these things, where the Emperor just treats Vader like just such a little bitch. And it's funny, but it's true, too, right? Because Vader, yeah. at, like, at one point, the Emperor tells Vader, go back to your ship and await my orders. Yeah. And so he goes back to his ship, like a good little boy, the the rebels come on the uh, stolen imperial ship, and then he goes right back to the Death Star, and the Emperor like scolds him like a little kid. I told you to stay. You know, that's ship. one of the things that isn't really explored, and I think they did a better job, obviously post. Right, you didn't really touch right. on that, but uh, yeah, they really never put the deep seated hatred that Vader has the Emperor. I mean, it comes out in, in a way in Empire, in Empire with you know him wanting to obviously strike the Emperor down and take over with Luke. Find yeah. the hand in that that hatred. See, to me, that hatred isn't even established in that rope because it's more of uh, oh my goodness, yeah, it's like, more of a power grab. Than anything. Well, and like he's, he's hurting my son. I want this fixed. Yeah, here's my attempt getting back into the light side of the force again. Yeah, yeah, because Vader has all his hopes sucked out of him, right? Like, the Emperor does a really good job of grooming him to have, like, no shred of hope left, right? He, like, everything he's ever loved and cared about is gone. Yeah. And, there's, um, no, there's no nothing to look forward to. He's not the same person. He's been disfigured and made grotesque, right? He has, like, the Emperor, like, in the Vader comics, like, some of the stuff that you yeah. were seeing, like, where his hatred grows... Yeah, and the propaganda and stuff of how they convinced the populace that the Jedi were were bad. Yeah, um, you see some of that in those. I think it's the 2015 Vader comics. Is that when it was? Yes. Whenever yes. they were released, yes. right? Because it happens almost directly after um, Episode Three, and you that can was see so how talking with Vader and telling crowds and masses that. Uh, the Jedi were attempting to overthrow and assume power and they've been overthrown and here are all their lightsabers and they're just like all the all the lightsabers of all the Jedi that they've killed in the purge. And there's that's, just like a gigantic bowl for them, right? Okay, so that comic that you're talking about, that's the twenty seventeen one. Twenty seventeen, sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The twenty fifteen one does touch on what you're saying as well. Mm-hmm. And so and like that's what that's what's cool about it is because we do get to see the, like when he becomes Vader as Anakin, right? Just the name is Darth Vader, but he's human still. He's got his arms and his legs and all that kind of stuff. Before he fights Obi Wan, he doesn't have that hatred for the Emperor. He still has that trust, yeah, and that mentor, um, like that that master slash apprentice yeah. kind of mentality. He's going to teach him how to save Padme, right? Right. And then when as soon as that suit comes on, and in the end of episode three, when he breaks free after the emperor tells him you killed her in your, in your, your anger or whatever. That's when Anakin, to me, that's when Anakin ceases being. Yes. Like, because now like that love that he, he was holding on, it was that sliver left to his humanity. Now it's gone. And now yeah. he's got nothing. The only person he can turn to is this person who he knows deep down has driven him to this place. Yeah. And yeah, so- and like one of those things too that I think really um, cements that early hatred once he puts on the suit is in the in that Vader comic, I think it might even be the same one, 
um, when he finds out Padme's been killed or Padme has died, he lashes out, he, like he explodes. He with, yeah. he, I don't know if he attacks the Emperor, but he explodes in a in a fit of rage or something and knocks the Emperor back and over. Yes. The Emperor gets up and he shocks him nearly to death. Yeah. And says, I understand you're going through a lot right now, but you ever touch me with the Force again, I'll kill you. Yes. Right? Yes. And this is right after he told Adam Kim that Padme's died. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? And he's like, you ever touch me again with the Force, I'll kill you. And that's when I'm, Vader realizes he can't stand up to him anymore either because his suit and the Force lightning the limitations it puts on him, right? Like how, how great of writing was that, right? Because yeah. You see, you see the 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 talons from the Emperor dig in saying, I, like, I understand what you're going through. Yeah. And then you see the truth of, you touch me again with the Force, I'll kill you. Like, yeah. Man, that, the writing on that comic was amazing. But that was a wicked one, yeah. See, and sure. I would have, I would have loved to have been able to see a little bit more of that in this movie. But you, you haven't established the emperor as that character, right? The no, emperor at this point is like they, I, and I like this about this too. And I don't know why they, if they were going to copy anything from these films for the new trilogy, why they didn't go that route and have Snoke continue and like. You find out in episode nine, okay, Snoke is a clone. Yeah. And he was garbage. But he was the Emperor again. Oh my. Like it would have been so much more impactful instead of seeing Snoke get chopped in half, have no impact whatsoever in the story, and then oh there's there's a clone of Snoke in a jar. Yeah. Like it's it's too bad that they didn't go that route. But like the Emperor, he's you've heard about him, sorta. Darth Vader's like the big, real big bad guy. Then you see him, and he's fragile. Then his force lightning knocks Luke on his ass. Yeah. And wow, that power. And then Anakin turns. And then you're yeah. like, okay, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I think they did really well with the Emperor. Like back when the original trilogy was trilogy was out, we didn't have any of these backstories, right? The Emperor was right. just this guy you didn't know anything about. He, saw he was just in the background, and all you know is the big bad bad guy is reporting to this guy, right? Vader's reporting to the Emperor, so you know this guy's serious business, right? And then you see him briefly in Episode 5, and you can see, okay, there's something, he, he looks pretty creepy, especially, like, the non-new, like, yeah. fixed Emperor face. If you go back yeah. to the old, original Episode 5 Emperor face, he looks even more decrepit. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, that's not a nice thing to say about the original actor yeah and then <laughs> and you know and then, he up, and then he finally shows up on this death star and they spent two two movies building him up and you finally see him and he's like he's walking like this hobbled old man he's like hello my old friend and like Damn. talking to yeah and then all of a sudden yeah he really he does seem like he's just some kind of like how, how could he hold a candle to vader like look at what vader he's so imposing right well, it's like Yoda. Essentially yeah. the same thing they did with Yoda. Yeah. It's funny in the sense of, like, it's funny when Ian McDermott was playing the part. He's like, well, I'm going to play it like I'm a 75-year-old man. And then, like, 40 years later, he's playing the part as a 75-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just, that's just delicious irony. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> um, did you, okay, so, Matt, you ended up watching the... Um, um, the Empire of Dreams? Yeah. What did you think of it? It was really good. And and um, what I thought was what I liked the most about it, like it fills in all the backstory and the history of how the movies are made and why they made decisions. But I actually really liked seeing um, 
some of the the, the lines that they were doing uh yeah pre shots and scenes um i like seeing some of the um the scenes from the films that weren't used that were scrapped and not edited um like like uh there was a lot of empire that they changed i think well like, like even in the beginning of yeah even mm-hmm. in the beginning of this episode um, mm-hmm. luke's building his lightsaber in a cave yeah. on yeah. tatooine mm-hmm. so like how long how long has luke been on tatooine that story like if that was included to me that would have been a much more impactful scene than the beginning with the imperial yeah. asking the permission to get aboard the death star like show us luke making his lightsaber that's huge yeah like mm-hmm. technically that's the end of his training when he makes that lightsaber. And you know what? Disney could retcon that so easily. Yeah. The they could just, they don't even have to see his face. You could just see his hands building a lightsaber. It doesn't have to be Mark Hamill or anything. Then you can just chuck it in. That'd be pretty I, cool. I, I do have something that I wanted to talk about, but I'll get to that maybe a little bit, a little bit later in this pod. Um, so now we're, let's get to the part where they've made it to Andor. They're on the moon. They've uh, they've met the Ewoks. The first chase has happened. Uh, one of those cool scenes in Empire Dreams is when they're filming the um, the redwoods in California, mm-hmm. and how they showed that with the with the footage and like basically, that was cool. Was what did a, what did they say? Something like twenty five times the speed. Yeah, pretty much. They just gave a guy a camera and said, "Go walk the woods." And then yeah, they like, just sped it up twenty-five times or something. Yeah, that's so cool, and I love cool. that. And it looks like even watching it today, obviously those, like the uh, the speeder bikes and and the actors and all that stuff were edited into the footage afterwards. But it still holds up pretty decent. It does. Not, not that bad. Which goes to show again the technology that Disney, or not Disney, that Star Wars created to be able to mm-hmm. make themselves like wow, just so much cool things that they were able to do and they created it all which gives them that glory on it which i think is a neat thing mm-hmm. yeah definitely um we skipped forward i wanted to talk about one thing before Endor, actually okay and that was um how boba fett dies it just most nonchalant boba yeah fett. I know Boba Fett there, and then Blind Hand Solo turns around, hits him in the backpack, and he goes and dies. Like, and, and that's the humor Boba of it. That, and that's the thing about Boba Fett, right? That it's so funny that he became this iconic character. I know in Star Wars lore. Yeah, yeah he's playing for pretty much a joke in the first three movies. Yeah, like I just, I don't know. I I can never get on the Boba Fett train. I've never been on the Boba Fett train, and it's because of how easily he dies in Return of the Jedi. It's like in reality, he never does anything cool in the movies. No, he doesn't. Like, no, he doesn't really. Maybe want. Jet, like, you know, you think a character with that cool looking armor and a jetpack and, you know, a, a huge blaster, flame would be like a, yeah, flamethrower, all those cool, like, bounty hunting gear that he has would be uh, your the character. Ship in the galaxy. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, yeah. And then Boba Fett, like, gets knocked. Out of commission. I mean, and you I'll, know what? He does he does actually catch Luke? I'll give him that. To be fair, yeah, he does wrap he does wrap Luke up, and I guess you know. But was anything really going to transpire? I don't know. He's got his know. lightsaber. Luke was in the midst of going like, and 
Yeah. Using his lightsaber maybe. to cut the ropes, but and then yeah, that so was closest he got to being badass. <laughs> right. And then the, the ship gets shot by Jabba's crew, and then he falls over onto the ground. Just yeah. Clumsy as all get out. Um, I actually met that actor. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Winnipeg for one of the Comic Cons here. Oh, cool. He was very much. I'm Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, you are. Um. Speaking of yeah. that, also, when Boba Fett gets eaten by the Sarlacc, the Sarlacc burps. <laughs> like, yes, it does. Like, no big deal. Just burp. Yeah. How about, okay, so... Oh, that, that Sarlacc thing was added after the fact, right? It's done in the um, trilogy. Just, no, just the... Just the, the, beak, the beak was. Yeah, just part. the beak. That's the yeah. only part that was added afterwards. But um, what's cool about that, too, is, like, the way... The, the interaction, and this goes again to that character development that heals that you were talking about. The fact that Han with Chewie, right? They're sitting there and they're talking, and Chewie's barking, and then Han looks and he's like, Boba Fett, Boba Fett knocks him mm-hmm. down. The the ship gets shot. Lando goes over into the sand, uh-huh. and he's hanging on to something. That interaction between Lando and Han oh, was yeah, so yeah. good, too. Like, just there now. Yeah. Well, I love the part when Han accidentally shoots, like, almost shoots Luke. On. <laughs> yeah. I it's there's well, so much why would you give a blind man a blaster? That's a... <laughs> <laughs> this I, oh man, it's so good and the interactions were so good. I really like the fact that Luke got shot in the hand. Yeah. Because he it's almost it reminds uh, you of Yes, humbling. It's yeah. very humbling of that situation, right? Because even at the end, when he's fighting Vader and he's beating him, he looks at his hand. Yeah. And then he looks at, and looks at the hand that's not there for Vader, and he's like, "Oh, okay." We're not as different as you know you think. You're right. Yeah. Um. Moving forward, that scene where three PO is telling the uh, the village, the, uh, the oh Ewoks yeah, story. I love that. Yeah. I remember as a kid sitting there, and I was like. This is amazing! Like, just it was so cool because the sound effects, and then yeah. you hear Darth Vader breathing, and you're like, "Oh no!" Like, you're so enthralled with it. It took like watching that scene today. I was literally like a four year old again, sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, I love this! This is so good." Yeah. Um, Leah's uh, Leia's reaction to Luke when he says that Vader's his father. Yeah. Like the disgust on her face, like what? And then immediately he tells her, like, you're, or she understands. Yeah. yeah. I'm the sister. At what point does Leia go, oh, I kissed him twice. Yeah. And my father blew up my planet. <laughs> yeah. And my father blew up my planet. I didn't even think about that. Like, how do you? So Luke is clearly kind of like bygones be bygones with, with Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess you can get away with Vader didn't blow up the planet. That was that was Tarkin. There's Tarkin, I suppose, yeah. but you but know, still, Vader. There's yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, no. So there's that. Um, what I liked, and and this is cool when Luke says that there is good in him, and he says that to Leia. Mm-hmm. It took it took me back to the prequels when at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Padme sitting there and she says like to Obi-Wan right like there is good in him it almost I don't know I'd have to like I'll watch it when it comes up but like that must have been close to word for word yeah I think it's supposed to be like that which is Luke, good because Luke it's has, so impactful 
Yeah, Lucas it brings out the, the full circle time of his family like, being the one thing that brings him back. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think Lucas has been quoted many times saying he likes that, um, like, movies rhyme, kind of, yep, right? Yep, yep. Like, poetry is like, so that's why there's, like, these similar things in the well, movie. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Literally in every single movie. Yeah. Multiple times, but that's good. Yeah, I just thought that was cool. Because it just, like, going back and looking at that with Padme saying it to Obi-Wan, I was like, oh, man. So that sliver, maybe, I don't know, and maybe this is where this is where that sliver of light kind of gets into Vader again. Is the mm. fact that this is my son, this is a piece of Padme. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of cool. And, and, and Luke kind of opens it up as the yeah. movie progresses, right? Like, when they're, when they're on that walk um, on Endor and they're mm-hmm. talking there. It's, a, it's very... Like for him to be the big bad guy talking with Luke there, it was very civil, very like Yeah. You've constructed you, you, this it's new in the sense of like I wonder where Leia plays in Darth's thinking at, at that moment when the Emperor is like uh, you know, barbecuing Luke. Is he sitting there thinking, <laughs> you know what, if he can do this to my son, he's not gonna stop here. Target will be you know, yeah. he'll find out about Leah. Well, and like think of that too, because like just moments before he discovers that Leia is his is his daughter, right? Yeah. When, when, like he says, like you, your thoughts betray you. Yeah. Imagine all these thoughts going through his head at that moment, too, right? Right. Like you're here, and like your your son is finally here, and like he can stand up to the emperor, and the emperor, and he's choosing not to, so the emperor's killing him. You found out you have another daughter. It's like, yeah. oh my god, I could have the family I always wanted to have. Yeah. Like that's. They did a really good job in making a guy who in episode four and even in episode five was the most unlikable, like the most feared character by the end of return of the Jedi. He's the most sympathetic character. Yeah. And that's one thing I noticed too, is that like, you can't really tell, like, I think we already mentioned it with like Vader's suit. You can't, he can't give off emotions. Right. So like when you were talking about going and looking at new details and movies that you've seen before, to me, I noticed a lot more like just, pauses of vader in this yeah. movie yes. you know where he's kind of like in quiet reflection well it like when they're on that catwalk yeah a point, like after luke says i guess my father really is dead and then he goes into yeah. the elevator with it the, and then like, vader, vader kind of sits there like, and he's just quiet yeah and he hunches the lower a little bit yeah yeah good point good point i thought i saw that too i didn't really think about it at the time but i definitely noticed that and yeah you're absolutely right that is totally and even when even and you wouldn't really notice that, yeah. no, no, you wouldn't. And even it's in hard. the end, mm-hmm. like the interactions with the emperor, you can see that he's like a dog. Yeah, right. Kinda. Like the emperor's got his stick and he's beating that dog. Yeah, and the, and you know, and then he's even saying, "Strike your father down and take his place right in front of yes. him." Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually had that in my notes too. I'm like, what is Vader thinking? When the yeah, exactly. You Lucas dick. And, yeah. <laughs> and here's this is this is interesting because at this point the emperor is at the height of his power, right? Yeah. He's 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 got control of Vader. He's in control of this situation with Luke, but he's pushed Luke to become that new apprentice. The rule of two no longer applies. Well, no, because he wants Vader has to go now, right? Right, but he's not he's not dead yet, and so is at this point. Was this Palpatine's downfall? The fact that even even before that, yes, we can tell that Palpatine is grooming Luke to take over for Vader. 
Vader's failed all this time, and we've seen that in the comic, right? There's very much um, the Emperor being pissed at Vader because of all of his failures and things like that. Yeah. So you can see that he's probably grooming somebody, and he has. There's outright um, mm-hmm. Inquisitors who have come and, and tried to fight Vader, but Vader's just so powerful. Yeah. He just steps up to the challenge every single time, and the Emperor's just like, well, I guess he's my apprentice until somebody does something about that. Yeah. So it's interesting to see maybe the rule of two was never that important to Palpatine. Well, I think... Um, is that why you, maybe look, he has his downfall? If you look at the beginning of episode three, right? You could say the same thing with Dooku being in Vader's place 100%. and Anakin being in Luke's place, right? Yeah. So it, it might not be the rule. He's still probably obeying it, but he's this is like his gambit. His card is on his hands on the table now. And he's like, all right, yeah. Luke, strike him down. There can't be two, right? You strike him down, yeah, you, you become a Sith because you've given in to your dark side, right? Yeah, that's a good and point. You can become my apprentice, right? I kill your friends now, so now you have nothing left to lose, right? That's and, true. And now you're you're the number two guy. Yeah, <laughs> the number two. So, guy. in the interest of time, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think we can all agree that that was a beautiful ending to a very well encompassing trilogy. Can we not? Big time. Yes, we can. I absolutely like it. One other thing that I wanted to mention. Um, and I saw this on Star Wars Newsnet uh, that I thought would be interesting to talk about. Ahsoka. Do you think she would have felt Anakin going back into the light? Um, or is I that connection to her past kind of over? I think you can always... I think all Force users can feel massive shifts in change, like sudden changes. Yes. Like um, like when all the Jedi are being executed from Order 66, right? All the Jedi that haven't been killed yet can tell, um, right? So I, I would imagine, I don't know if that would have been, I, I don't know if that's a huge swing in, in like the galaxy's experience so. of the Force. I don't think it is. I don't think so either, but I think just the connection between Anakin and, and Ahsoka is how I would look at that. Mm. Which she yeah, I don't be, know. Because, because she's felt... Anakin's dark side on yeah. Malachor. Malachor? Yeah. yeah. In Rebels. And, yeah. And then yeah. she she knows Anakin's light side. So mm-hmm. now that that shift has happened for her, maybe a little more personal than, like you suggest, a galaxy-wide shift from the dark to the light kind of thing. Yeah. I, she would probably sense, like, the Emperor and Vader turning, though, actually, when you think about it, because they have just such a concentrated force of dark. Right. Okay. right. Maybe. Um, I don't know about you guys. The ending, I absolutely loved. I thought Luke burning Vader's body was was a big part of kind of burning the past, as far as Vader is concerned, and Anakin being being one with the light again. Um, mm-hmm. the, the mass celebrations around the galaxy. What did you guys think of that? Because that's that's new content, right? Re- relatively new content. Yeah, that is all new. Yeah. Heels, I you... like that. Yeah, I did too. It, it was the only scene in that they added that I genuinely liked because it wrapped up the story even further, showing the consequence of you know the Empire falling across the entire galaxy and all these worlds that they introduced in the films, yeah. right? And so that's why I thought it was okay. This is great. And you that was actually the first time you see Cor- Coruscant. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. They introduced Coruscant after it was introduced in the. Uh, yeah, because they did. That's why they didn't do the prequels. Because I think it was almost specifically because Coruscant was just too complex of a setting. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> what, too expensive and, and complex. What I'd like to see going into the future is like what happens after that, right? Like that mm-hmm. immediate time frame on Coruscant. What becomes of the Jedi Temple at that point? Well, that's well, that's the Emperor's headquarters yeah. now. He takes over the Jedi Temple after he catches it. What a dirty trick. Yeah. Dude. Um, yeah. Also, the Ewok celebration, fun. It's cute. The music's dope. Yeah, their instruments are sick. All the Stormtrooper helmets and stuff. <laughs> you get introduced. You get introduced I, I, as a kid, that. I actually thought that there were heads still in there. Did you? <laughs> I, I maybe maybe they're partially like, full. Oh my God, these things are monsters. Maybe it's like glasses. <laughs> Be partially full, so there's partial parts of heads in there, so they make different sounds when you hit them. <laughs> okay, now to the controversy. Young Anakin as the Force oh. Ghost. Oh, and, well, can we also, like, how does he become the Force Ghost, right? Like, where does he learn that power? I've heard that Obi-Wan suddenly forgives him in his last moments and teaches him that power right before he dies. But That is actually, that is actually in this book right here. Is it? Yes. Yeah. It, it talks about it. A certain point of view? Yes. So Anakin, or not Anakin, sorry, um, Obi-Wan, when Anakin is passing, reaches out to Anakin. Um, and basically he sees that he's back in the light. And Obi-Wan was never, Obi-Wan was never like, oh, I hate Anakin, I hate Anakin. It was never about that. It was, I failed Anakin this is part my fault as to mm-hmm. why he is at this stage. So when Anakin comes back to the light, Obi-Wan is, it's not even a forgive kind of thing. It's, I have, I have things to teach you still. And yeah. so he imparts that onto him. And I've also heard Qui-Gon is a part of that as well. So that's how they explain that. I don't, I, I, th- I, I actually like seeing young Anakin. Because that's the last time he was in the light. So yeah. for me, I understand that direct thought. Well, I, just, I mean, I just you wish you could argue creepy. Yeah, you could argue that his last moments were when he's last yeah, in the light. It should absolutely. be, you but know, the floating torso. And messed up, <laughs> messed up. Yeah. Right. Just Does he have phantom him. limbs? Gilles, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's lost a lot of body parts by that point. So, like, yeah, okay, so that's okay. He's he's just a floating body. Like, is that... Would you rather see that, or would you, like... Sebastian... No. Yeah, I don't know what I would... It makes sense that it's Hayden Christensen. I just wish he wasn't so creepy, because he was given, like, um, like just the creep bill on mm-hmm. Luke and Leia at the end there. It's like, okay. What's wrong with you? I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand why George had to go muss that up, but well, that we I think his explaining that's that. George being George. Yeah, exactly. Got to switch yeah. it just because. Eh, well, I guess mean. it's like for continuity's sake with the re-release of the the new the old trilogy and the prequel trilogy, and it yeah. sort of makes sense. It ties it together tighter, Cause, I guess. Because then yeah. you just because that's the only time you really see Vader, right? Like in human, oh. like in robot form so like you don't really know what he looks like and then you it could be anybody 
in a sense. And and to me, like it is the same actor that was in the suit as was at the mm-hmm. end there, but it, it doesn't look anything alike. No, because of the prosthetics, all. right? So yeah, like, so much taller. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, who was that? Well, that must be Anakin Skywalker." I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what he looks like. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Twenty years later, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I just wish you didn't give prevert eyes to Luke. That's all. Yeah. Um. So there we go. Episode six, the Return of the Jedi, which of course now sets the stage for the prequels. We get to talk about the Clone Wars. We mm. get to talk about Baby uh, Anakin. And we get to talk about pod racing. Pod racing. <laughs> favorite character. Jar Jar Binks. Oh, I thought you were going to say Sebulba. That's, that's who I was going to say. Sebulba. <laughs> Apudu. Not the Italian stereotype guy at all. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, that'll be next week's episode. I can't wait to talk about that. It's going to be some fun. And there's lots of like really deep kind of like Star Wars lore to get into with this episode mm-hmm. as well. So... That'll be cool. Um, anything else to say to wrap up uh, today's podcast, boys? Nope, not for me. Be safe and watch Star Wars, people. That's our hashtag for the end there. I love that you did that, Heels. I love you for that, buddy. What, keep safe and watch Star Wars? Yeah, why not? Watch as much Star Wars as you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, we'll see you next week on uh, whatever day we do this, Sunday, probably. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it'll be episode one. Phantom Menace. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. Take care.